Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Katie and Company podcast. This week on the show, we had Thomas Rett, who is an absolutely lovely human. He and his wife and their four little girls have become like one of the most beloved families in country music in the last few years. And I always say reality TV, not my thing. But if someone gave the Aikens family a reality TV show, I would be all about it. Also, if you've never realized that, Aikens is actually Thomas Rhett's last name. Rhett is his middle name. A big ah right there if you didn't know that one. TR and I talked this week about his upcoming album, Where We Started, which is out on April 1st and is a break in his original plans. He recently put out Country Again Side A, which is part one of a double album. So we were all ready for Country Again Side B. But as you'll hear Thomas Rhett explain, he was writing so much that this record just kind of happened. He also told this really incredible story of playing for inmates at a Tennessee prison and how that inspired a song on the album called Death Row. And on a much lighter note, we chatted about how Katy Perry came to be featured on the title track of the new album. I'm so excited for you to hear this. I'm also really excited to hear the rest of this record. He just released another Grat track called Us Again, and I think I've listened to it like 30 times already. So here is Thomas Rhett. Hey, how are you? Good morning, TR. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for asking. Thanks so much for taking the time to pop on. I know your schedule is chaos. Life is chaos. <laughs> I was going to say, you look surprisingly well-rested for someone who has four children under the age of six under one roof. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know how we're breathing, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> Are you sleeping at all? We are, we're, yeah, every now and then. <laughs> how is, uh, how's Lily doing? Is she a good sleeper? or? Yeah, no, she really is. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's just like the, the, the late feeding is killing us both, you know? Like, really? Yeah, I had, um, just like, we had, <laughs> we had our friends in town this week with a four and a six year old. And by the time they left, I was like, I don't know how anyone does that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, thinking about you guys, hopefully everything's going well. Congrats on the announce of the new album. That's very exciting. That. Yeah. We're excited. We're super excited about it. It's like, there's something seeing it about, on social media that makes it feel real. So I feel very real. I'm sure. Have you just kind of accepted since where we started is coming out on April 1st that you're just subjected to like all of the, is this an April fool's joke? Right. Exactly. I, I cannot wait to tell people that it's actually not coming out that day. And then I know you're, even as you're saying that I'm like, but is he going to try to like sneak something funny in there? Truthfully, it comes out that day. So no one needs to be scared. So that's amazing. And then this new album is in addition to Country Again, Side B, which is part two of Side A. At what point when you were writing and putting stuff together, were you like, we should just put out another record? Well, you know, I wish there was a whole bunch of strategy involved in that. 
but it kind of felt like, you know, from 2019 until this past year, she's been writing so many songs with so many people. Um, and as we were kind of getting geared up to start making country again, side B, there were certain, we got back on the road to be honest with you. And when you get back on the road and you're kind of reminded of like, Oh, people did not forget how to party, uh, <laughs> start to go in your brain and you're like, okay, do we have, do we have songs for the tour? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we have, do we have this? We have that. And so I got back into the room and started writing songs and, you know, all of a sudden songs like bring the bar popped up and, you know, uh, simple as a song popped up and uh, half of me featuring Riley Green popped up. And I was like, maybe this isn't side B. Maybe this is kind of like, you know, when they were, when they release Spider-Man and then you think Spider-Man two is next, but actually they hit you with Iron Man four <laughs> and then Spider-Man two comes out next year. That it, That's kind of the, the mindset that I kind of got in of just like, there aren't any rules, you know, like country against side B is still coming out, but this was this kind of was what was created this past year and it morphed into this album called where we started and uh yeah so i, I hope that answers your question because i'm still trying to figure out in my head as well so <laughs> no i think it'll be really cool in retrospect to look back because it will be like a perfect reflection of like here we were in this time in 2020 where you're writing this album and like you know, everyone is very in their feelings and slowing down and then here you go with where we started it's like oh no life actually does exist, does exist. there are real humans <laughs> still in the world I also think it's so cool because I feel like, you know, so many people get bound to that, like every two year album cycle and don't break it. And I think it's like cool to see you breaking outside of that and like pushing the limits of this. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, especially like in a world where Amazon prime exists, you know, and you can order a pair of socks and they're at your front door <laughs> six hours. It's, it's kind of getting that way with music, not saying that you just need to start rushing stuff out for the sake of content, but like, shoot, if you're writing all these songs, like, why shouldn't they see the light of day? You know what I mean? Like, there's, to me, there, there's that rule of, well, we did put a record out last year. We should wait another year. Like, man, by that time, all the songs that you thought were great, you don't think are great anymore because they've been living in your inbox for, you know, a year or whatever. So I'm trying to do a better job of, like, when I write a song, I'm trying to, like, immediately go record it. You know what I'm saying? So that, so that I can get the demo out of my head, understand what the record's going to sound like, and then be like, dang, we got eight of these. Mm -hmm. Like three more, and and this is a, this is something that I put my stamp on. You know what I'm saying? And that's honestly what happened with this album. It's just these songs just started coming, and I was like, man, this is these aren't just songs. Like this is a this is a project, and and it need and it needs to come out. So for sure, I also feel like for you, your life is changing so fast. If you write a song this year, you might have like three or four more kids by the time it comes out, and you need like a new. Like, you know, when I think about you, like singing, life changes. I'm like, oh my gosh, your life has changed a lot since then. Yeah, I mean, honestly, every four years, I could re-release that song and just change the last verse. Cause it's, <laughs> it's already truly song that's so funny. And then on this album, you kind of mentioned lots of your buddies. You got Riley green, Tyler Hubbard, Russell Dickerson, talk about getting to work with them on this and bringing them in. So fun. I mean, you know, I've, I've been buddies with Tyler and Russell for God, about a decade now and gotten to know, gotten to know Riley really well over the last five or six years, really through, through duck hunting, you know, just getting to, getting to hang out with him and getting to write some songs with him. And we've always talked about doing a song together. And, and when I wrote this song called half of me, it just Riley just kept popping into my head. And so, so I sent him the song and he loved it. And, and I'm so, so pumped about what he brought to this track. So, and then talk about the song that you did with Tyler and Russell. Yeah. Um, it's probably more of a, let's pour a glass of wine and have a real conversation about it. Kind of conversation. But yeah. <laughs> I guess like in a nutshell. Um, yeah, the song's called death row and, and, uh, me and Tyler Hubbard and Russell, I think it was two, two Christmases ago, got asked to go, to go do this kind of 
prison ministry type thing. And I, I'd never done that before. I didn't even know mm-hmm. that to be honest with you. And so we, uh, we went to the prison here in Nashville and brought some guitars and, and, uh, played some songs for about 45 people, um, that were on death row. Never in a million years would I have imagined that I would have been in, in that seat. Um, and honestly a little terrified, you know, just kind of, yeah. we shake their hand. Like, you know, how, how does this work? You know, cause there's police everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and we started playing songs and it felt like I was just playing songs to, to people that I knew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one one guy got up and sang the most incredible version of Amazing Grace you've ever heard, and it was just a it was a it was a strange like like a spiritual experience that I can't. Believe. Oh, I'm sure I can't imagine. Like it, you never really meet anyone new and know that that person like to know what their fate is to be in a room of 45 people like that. I literally can't imagine what that felt like. Yeah, for sure, and it put life into such a weird perspective, and it kind of just reminded me like of I don't know just the fragility of life. Mm-hmm. You know. What I mean? kind of realizing that like you know might not be here in 10 years like i mean that's just that's just real you know and, yeah and uh it took me a minute to be like this should be a part of the record because it was more of a um this happened i would love to write about it and then that's it i just need to mm-hmm. get it off my chest and so but one morning i was i was sitting at my house and I, I played a little verse course of it on social media and so many people were just intrigued by that story you know it's because because it's weird like it's, it's not like it's a crazy story yesterday well do you if you really want to know i went to the prison in nashville and played some songs for people um but uh you know just just a story that i felt like was needed to be told and and the song reminds me of like really i don't know almost johnny cash in a way like something johnny um i don't know and i felt like it just had its own place on this album and and since tyler and russell were there with me i I was like man we, we should we did this together you know we should we should sing about it together and so they all hopped on board with that with me and and uh, yeah, definitely. Well, one of the many songs that we're excited to hear on the album on a much lighter note would also love to know the story about how Katy Perry came to be on the title track with you. Yeah, lighter note for sure. Um, <laughs> also very random because uh, I wrote this song uh, at my farm a couple years or last year and had no intention of it being a feature. You know, it just was like, I think I wrote this song about my wife and kind of where we began and where we are now and looking back at that and, and um someone from my label, her name's Allison. She said, how would you feel about a feature on this? And I was like, well, who are you thinking? And she was like, well, I've got a couple people in mind. I'm going to send it to them. And one of the first people she sent it to was Katy Perry's management team. And, and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> You're like, I'm not even going to get excited about this. I don't even know who I am. I don't think she knows that I exist. And, and uh, literally the next day she wrote back and was like, I resonate with this song so well. Can I, can I please be a part of it? And um, I was like, geez, like Katie is, I mean, she's kind of, she was my like, you know, 14 year old, like that's freaking Katy Perry, you know, today. And so, uh, one of the, one of the greatest pop, you know, icons, I feel like of my, of my lifetime. And, and, um, you know, to have her on this, like I knew she was a great singer, obviously, but when she, when I heard her vocal on this song, I was like, geez, she is a singing machine. And I feel like the song was really good. And and now I feel like the song is great. And, and, And a lot of that is attributed to her and her putting her own spin on, on her vocal and just the, just the passion in which she sang, she sang those lines from really, really brought the song to life to me. For sure. So you and Katie have never actually met before then. Uh, no, we still haven't met. Oh my God. That's so crazy. (laughs) This is going to end up being one of those things where the first time you meet is like performing on stage together. We're meeting in like a week to like do the music video together. And they'll be like, (laughs) Uh, you're going to be pinching yourself the whole time. Like, am I doing a music video right now with Katie Perry? (laughs) 
No, I was literally in my kitchen. This was like, this was kind of like right when this was like, is it happening? Is it not happening? And I was walking through the kitchen and, and my wife goes, who are you on the phone with? And I said, Katy Perry. Not a <laughs> um, like, Hey Katie. I was like, we were talking and she was like, yeah, you know, something she was talking and she was like, yeah, you know, my, my fiance, um, Orlando Bloom. And I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm familiar with his work. <laughs> Or, you know, Pirates Caribbean, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Anyway, how are you? You know, so it, uh, it, we, we struck up a really quick friendship. She's so down to earth and, and amazing human and, and a super great talent and really happy to have her be a part of this. I think this is her first ever country feature she's ever done. So it's, um, really special. So I love that so much. We can't wait to hear it. And then slow down summer, your current single, talk about the inspiration for that in the day that you guys wrote it. Yeah. So I've told this story a few times, but I actually wrote this song at, um, Michael Keaton's house the actor, which is so random. <laughs> so, so Michael's son, Sean, and I wrote Die Happy Man together. Uh, we wrote 16 together. So we, we've had a slew of, hit, of hits together that we've written. And so he invited us out to do a writing camp at his dad's house in Montana. And, um, you know, we all got on this group text before. We were like, do you think Michael's going to wear a Batman suit? Like, can, can he pull the Batman suit out? Can we talk about Beetlejuice, all this stuff? Poor and Sean's he, probably like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is stupid. You can't even talk to him. And so we were in Michael's living room uh, in Montana and uh, we were just kind of playing around with some melodies and it was kind of fall time. So the leaves were starting to change and somebody just said something like, I wish summer would, would slow down because I hate winter time. And I, and I think they really hate winter in Montana because it's freezing. Oh, but, yeah. Um, we just we just started writing this song called Slow Down Summer, just about, you know, young love and kind of realizing that I wrote it from my college perspective of, you know, dating a girl right before I left to go to college, but we weren't going to the same school and kind of realizing that she was going to probably date somebody else. I'm going to date somebody else. But right now this is really special. And I wish that summer would just stop or it would just, it would last forever so that this could last. Mm -hmm. forever. Um, and I remember as we were kind of writing these verses and choruses, Michael kept kind of link coming into the kitchen and like watching us write this song. And, and I was like, I looked at Sean. I was like, you, you think your dad's going to, you know, want to be a writer on this? And, and Sean was like, he's good. He is <laughs> for this song, but just a really, really cool story. And uh, I think it was really, really cool way to lead this record off. So that's amazing. And now you've got all of this new music, possibly like three albums within a year and a half, plus all of your other hits. You're going out on tour. You just announced. How are you ever going to decide what is making the set list? Um, I, I'm going to call Jason Aldean. <laughs> and ask him what he does. Because I, I remember thinking that, like back in 2016 or 17, you know, those guys had 17, 18, 20 number one songs, and I remember being like, "How do y'all decide what to play?" You know, what I mean, like, do you do you only have to play your hits? Like, what what if you wanted to what if you wanted to play like a deep cut off your first record? And they were like, "Man, we're still figuring it out." And so I, I don't think you ever really know. I think you just you try a bunch of stuff and figure out what flows and figure out what's reacting off a new project, but also giving people kind of what they came for, you know, which is mm -hmm. it's and, and, uh, we, we, we always spend a lot of time in meetings about what do we play first? What do we close the set with? How does the middle not suck? How do we make the mm -hmm. middle? Survive? And the, and it's just, you know, it's just, thank God for my team and my band and, you know, everybody that helps me kind of figure out what in the world to do. So, right. I remember talking to Gary Lavox about it from Rascal Flats. And he was like, no matter what you do, you never play someone's favorite song. Someone will always be upset. And you just have to kind of accept that, like, you can't play them all. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, where do you put your biggest hit? You know what I'm saying? Because if that's the if that's the reason they came, you don't want to play it fourth. Nope. <laughs> I guess I'll leave now. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's, it's a puzzle piece, but it's always fun to figure out. For sure. Do the girls have a favorite off of this new album that they're asking you to play on repeat? 
um, yeah, they love they love where we started, especially when Katie's voice got on there. I've been playing them some of like her old stuff, like Firework and and all that oh, kind wow. of. Yeah, uh, they um they love that song. Um, I'm trying to think. They love Paradise. Um, they end up liking the songs with tempo and with a beat. Like when I try to play my kids like something really serious, you know, like Death Row, they're just kind of like, yeah. I mean, can you play the other one now? Like you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> They're a good gauge in some assets and not a good gauge in others, but, um, but they love paradise on this record. So for sure. I love that. And then this is kind of a silly question, but I've been asking this lately because it usually gets a pretty funny response, but have you ever been mistaken for another country artist or another celebrity? Um, yeah, I feel like people for a while thought that I looked like, um, what's the dude on the office name? Uh, Jim, Jim Krasinski, remember John Krasinski. John Krasinski. I, I've been, you got John Krasinski. <laughs> like, especially when he has started to have a beard and stuff, mm -hmm. I've definitely been be like, are you, are you, you him? And I'm like, <laughs> you should have just went along with that. I talked to Sam Hunt last week and he was telling me how he get somebody thought he was Travis Kelsey and he just like hopped in a picture and pretended oh, to be Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. People mistake me for Brad Pitt quite a bit. And I saw <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I love that. And then we got Valentine's Day around the corner. Are you and Lauren into that? Or are you kind of like take it or leave it? No, my, my wife uh, goes so hard on it doesn't matter what the holiday is. I mean, like she decorates for St. Patrick's Day. She decorates for Valentine's Day, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Like she just loves she loves any reason to celebrate that. That's mm -hmm. her jam. Um, and she takes Valentine's Day very seriously. She's already started ordering, you know, little heart necklaces for the girls and candy for the girls and teddy bears and all this stuff. And I always get so flustered because I'm like, well, I just bought you a Christmas gift and your birthday <laughs> was in November. So like, I don't have enough time to like figure out how to make Valentine's day special. So <laughs> this year, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm open and all ears for any ideas for, for Valentine's day. Well, I'm just thinking about you and I feel like you probably have like the most expensive florist bill in all of Nashville. If you've got five women you're buying flowers for in your house. No doubt. The florist <laughs> get to know me really well as my, as my kids get older. So for sure. And then we're doing this thing for Valentine's day called first kiss and tell. Did you have a smooth first kiss or was it super awkward? Like most of us? Oh, mine was terrible. Um, I, I think my, my very first kiss was in sixth grade. This girl, uh, kissed me on the cheek on Valentine's Day, and I, I thought it was Ooh. the craziest thing in the world. Um, but my my first real kiss actually was with Lauren. I think we were 15 years old, and and uh, we were on my parents' trampoline in the backyard, and I leaned down to kiss her, and she came up to kiss me as my mom was walking out the back door and yelled at us. So we slammed our teeth together, and then every bit of mood was shot. So, <laughs> like mom. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Thanks, mom. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty tragic. It worked out for you in the end, which is great. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 